Please be aware the stories, theories, reenactments, and language in this podcast are of an adult nature and can be disturbing, frightening, and in some cases even offensive. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Hey, there is very, very adult content ahead, and you have been warned. Welcome, heathens. Welcome to the world of the weird and unexplained. As always, I am your host, Nicole Delacroix, and together we will be exploring stories about the weird, wonderful, unexplained, eerie, scary, and downright unbelievable. There will be tales of ghosts, murder, supernatural beings, and unexplained mysteries. So, Sit back, grab your favorite drink, relax, and prepare to be transported to today's Dark Enigma. And on today's Dark Enigma, we will be looking at one of my favorites, and I hope one of yours, werewolves. That's right, my darlings, we're talking all things werewolves. But... As always, before we get to the meat of the subject, pun totally intended, we have a little business to take care of first. That's right, my loves, our drinking game. Please remember that the drinking game is only for those of you that are at home and have nowhere to go after the game. So please drink responsibly and take an Uber if you need to get home. I want all my little heathens present and accounted for every single week. So be careful, my darlings. And for tonight's game, we can use a fantastic shot that I found on the Intoxicologist website called the Midnight Moon Laird Shot. It's a fantastic recipe created by Sherry Laughlin. It is as follows. One half ounce coffee liqueur, one half ounce amaretto, and one half ounce Irish cream. Now you place the coffee liqueur and amaretto in the bottom of a shot glass and create a floated layer by slowly pouring the Irish cream over the back of a spoon. Hey, if you love coffee and you love alcohol, then this is the drink for you. And by the way, it is delicious. So please try it. Now for the game part. All right. How about every time I say werewolf? It's going to be a single shot, and if I say lycanthrope, that will be a double shot. All right, we are locked and loaded for our game, so let's howl at the moon and talk about some werewolves. Somebody throw in the werewolves in London sound somewhere in there. Anyways, all right, so first we're going to start with a little history, and then we're going to move into some myths and beliefs. So let's get this party started. Werewolves, also known as lycanthropes, are legendary shape-shifting humans. As the name suggests, the shape these creatures take on is that of a wolf. The history of the werewolf legend has sprung up independently or spread to virtually every area of the earth. And you know what? It is also one of the oldest legends of human monsters in recorded history. Now, where the legend actually originated can only be guessed at by what humans have taken care to record. 
Now, the werewolf's other name, Glycanthrope, may also be a hint at the, the origin of this myth. So, throughout history, there are record, records of the trials of confessed or accused werewolves. In fact, they were hunted, questioned, and executed in much the same way witches were. Because often witches were accused of being werewolves as well. That's a double whammy. Do they kill you twice? Okay, let's not go there. These so-called werewolf trials gives us a historical glimpse at rampant human belief in werewolves. Some of the accused were arrested because villagers needed someone to blame for dead livestock or some other explainable occurrence. But others were accused because of actions far more sinister and less likely to be contrived. We're going all the way back to 1521. That's right. In 1521, a Pierre Burgot and Michel Verdun were executed as werewolves. Historical records indicate that they were a serial killer team. In 1573, again in France, another werewolf was executed. His name was Gilles Jeannier, otherwise known as the Werewolf of Dole. He also was a confessed serial killer. There are actually numerous accounts such as these, mostly in Europe. Interestingly, though, real wolves were plentiful in Europe at this time. Could people just simply have been associating the carnivorous animal with people who behaved like animals? I mean, have we ever made that mistake before? I'm sure we have. Now, a more infamous case of werewolf execution is that of a German man named Peter Stump or Stube. Peter was supposedly caught by his neighbors in his wolf form. They witnessed him taking off his wolf girdle, and we'll get to that in just a minute, when they closed in on him, at which time he reassumed his human form. Peter then confessed to murder, rape, and cannibalism. His mistress and daughter were both torturously executed immediately after he was the reason they were executed? Well, because, well, I'm guessing because they were women. But for having knowledge of his crimes and having sex with him. Yes, that's right. His daughter was executed for being raped by her father. Just another way that women have come up in this world, right? What is worse, right? <laughs> I mean, not only are you getting raped by your dad, but hey, guess what? Because you knew about this and you knew you were being raped, we're going to go ahead and kill you too. Fucking idiots. Her father had killed her brother and eaten his brains before he was captured. I mean, seriously, this guy was seriously sick. While all of these instances are proof of a long-standing belief in werewolves, they are not the first descriptions of werewolves in history. What appears to be the oldest story of a werewolf is not a gruesome group of serial killings followed by an execution, but actually an ancient Roman myth. Ovid wrote the Metamorphoses in 1 AD. In it, he told the tale of King Lycaon, the origin of the word lycanthrope, you guessed it guys, who had offended the gods by serving human meat to them at dinner. Jupiter punished this transgression by transforming Lycaon into a werewolf. And, in his werewolf form, he could continue his abomination of eating human flesh with less offense. 
Now, we know from Ovid that legends of werewolves go back to at least 1 AD. We also know that since that time, the legend of the werewolf has evolved. There are werewolf legends that are absolutely separate from one another, and yet others that seem to build off of the original concept. For example, the full moon had nothing to do with Ovid's werewolf and other early werewolf legends. Werewolves basically changed shape at whim, you know, like changing their underwear, whatever. And other legends associate werewolves with a sort of belt or wolf girdle that upon donning would transform them. Now, religion has had an obvious impact on the werewolf myth. In areas where Christianity was was prevalent, being a werewolf was associated with witchcraft and the devil. Because, you know, it's always the devil. If it's not aliens, it's the devil. Even the wolf girdle found a place in this Christian belief in werewolves. They believed that the belt was furnished by the devil for use by his minions. Well, I'm here to tell you that I have minions and I don't give any of them belts. So, just kidding. Even Ovid's tale was based on religion in the sense that his form was a punishment from the gods. Now, does this mean that religion is the source of the werewolf myth? Well, probably not. It is more likely that religion has simply influenced a belief that manifested in human history for one of two reasons. Either werewolves were thought up to explain something horrible, or they are real. Several reasons for the appearance of the werewolf myth have been postulated. It's possible that real wolf attacks were the cause, and superstition simply led people to fear the worst. Suspects were subsequently tortured into confession, and voila, just like that, you have proof cementing the belief in werewolves. There's also the possibility that the werewolf myth was created to, to explain rabies. Now, humans do get rabies from being bit by rabid animals, you know. And one possible cause for the werewolf myth aligns very well with historical werewolf hunts. And that is that people were trying to explain serial killers, something they had never experienced before. The vampire myth can be traced back to royals who had a particular taste for bloodshed, like Vlad the Impaler, people like that. However, the vampire myth only explains a lust for blood, not human flesh. History tells us that cannibalism is a trait that not all serial killers possess, but some do. Therefore, another explanation must have been needed. Hello? Enter the werewolf myth. Wolves eat humans. Well, not so much nowadays, but if they could get to us, they would probably try it a lot more. And there's no denying that serial killers like Albert Fish and Jeffrey Dahmer do behave like animals. However, how the werewolf myth came to be will never really be known. Ovid could very well be the originator, but it may also have existed in oral history before Ovid, which is my vote. Any of the causes that we've mentioned here is plausible. However, we cannot possibly know unless we find conclusive evidence that werewolves have or have never existed. And I'm sorry I'm not buying Twilight, so suck it. If we find one, that answers the question. We are much less likely to find an answer if there are no werewolves. 
It's doubtful that we'll ever find a little postscript from Ovid reading, Hey, guess what, guys? I made it all up. Screw you. However, one might say that that could just be assumed. Well, now that we got a little history on the lycanthrope, let's dig into a few myths associated with the werewolf and see if maybe we can't debunk some of them. Werewolf myths have been around perhaps even longer than those associated with vampires and zombies. For example, ancient Greek mythology tells of Lycaon, which we talked about earlier, a man transformed into a wolf after eating human flesh. Furthermore, the word werewolf is thought to be derived from the Old English wer, meaning man. While the specific attributes of werewolves vary across different cultures, the beast itself is generally the same, part man, part wolf, creature of the night who preys on humans. Hmm, sounds like a few guys I dated. Oh well. But just as with vampires and zombies, most of the myths surrounding werewolves will not hold up to our scrutiny, but we're going to have some fun with them anyway. Alright, the biggest myth of all is that only silver can kill a werewolf. The source? Well, silver is identified with the moon and is therefore ideal to slay a creature transformed under the light of the full moon. Eventually, this myth expanded to include all unnatural creatures of the night, such as vampires and the such. The fact? Well, to kill a werewolf, you probably need to use bullets or cartridges with serious stopping power to pierce its thick hide. But they don't need to be made of silver. You know, just aim for the head or the heart, and you know what? I'm going to say that, you know, a pretty big bullet's going to take care of it. But, you know, just in case, dip it in silver. And werewolves only appear or attack during a full moon. Well, source, long-running superstitions about the full moon's effect on animals and humans. Ask anybody who's ever worked in an ER, they'll tell you the full moon makes us crazy, which is actually not true. A similar myth depicts werewolf transformation as being triggered by a full moon or by negative emotions. The fact... Well, werewolves should be able to appear and attack at any time, although they would be much more active at night. Furthermore, the moon has no actual effect on a werewolf's transformation process, nor does it have any effect on its mental state. Anyways, alright, a lycanthrope will transform into a werewolf at sunset and revert back to its human form by sunrise or death. Well, the source on that one is pretty much every Hollywood movie ever made about werewolves. Except for Twilight. The fact, the transformation from human to werewolf is both slow and irreversible, taking up to several weeks to complete. Although it does make for good drama, a rapid transformation into a hulking beast is impossible for one very important reason. Where does all that extra body mass come from? Come on, tell me! Proteins, fats, sugars, vitamins, water, all the materials required for cellular growth and energy production would have to either be stored in the body in massive amounts of co- or consumed orally as the victim transforms, neither of which can happen. Even if the person was bloated and obese with stores of extra body mass, transforming within the span of an hour would produce so much cellular heat that it would literally cook the victim to death. Even the 8 to 14 hour transformation into a zombie causes irreversible brain and organ damage from the high heat production. So come on, Hollywood, you just got it wrong. You just got it wrong. So stop. Just stop, okay? 
Oh, this is one of my favorites. You can become a werewolf by performing a ritual. Because don't you know, you can become anything if you perform a ritual. And I think I'm going to become a unicorn. So there's my ritual. Boop, I'm a unicorn. The source on this, <laughs> the association of werewolves with black magic, Satanism, and the occult. The fact is, you can only become a werewolf by being infected by the lupine parvovirus, which is usually spread from the bite of an infected timber wolf. Infection via a werewolf is actually quite rare, considering the high mortality rate of such encounters. So yeah, if you get bit, you're just going to die, so shut up. Now, werewolves can be avoided by climbing an ash tree or running into a field of rye. Now, I have to admit, this one I had to look up because I'd never heard those, but now I understand it. The source is the ash tree myth likely stems from Greek mythology, as it was an ash tree that a man of Antheus' family hung his clothes on before swimming across a lake in Arcadia and being transformed into a werewolf. The rye superstition may have come from the fact that rye, commonly eaten by monks, was considered to be a holy grain and therefore able to repel satanic creatures such as werewolves. The fact, well, because of their long claws and heavy bodies, werewolves, well, they're going to make pretty terrible tree climbers. However, I don't think they're bothered by rye or gluten in general. I mean, come on. Even hiding in a tall field of rye isn't going to work because the werewolf's sharp senses are going to allow it to find you pretty freaking fast and you're going to die. So, moving on. Monk's, monk's hood repels werewolves. All right, so, Ancontium, a.k.a. Monk's hood or wolfsbane, is one of the most poisonous plants of European origin. Even touching it without gloves can be potentially fatal. Toxins extracted from the plant were historically used to kill wolves, hence the name Wolf's Bane. Traditionally, though, Wolf's Bane was said to ward off both wolf, werewolves and vampires, usually by placing it under one's pillow at night. And I'm going to guess that since it's toxic, that's probably what killed you. <laughs> the fact, well, the only way it would ward off a werewolf is if you buried yourself in an impractically large pile of it, which is, well, just hazardous to your health as the beast that you're trying to avoid. Basically, you're just better off using, you know, I don't know, a bear mace or an air horn or something like that, because, you know, or a gun. Yeah, you know, because, duh. All right, so you can cure yourself by killing the werewolf that bit you. Well, <laughs> it's the source on this one. Simply a way to install courage and false hope in order to get some more able-bodied people to, well, hunt werewolves without fear of infection. The same was also applied to vampires, such as the fact that killing the alpha or master will destroy or cure the entire pack. The fact, well, <laughs> once bitten, the only way to avoid turning is, well, death. So, there's that one. Werewolves look identical to common wolves. Well, similar to vampire and vampire bats, the fact that wolves and werewolves share so many similarities gave rise to the myth that infected wolves were simply another form of a werewolf. The fact, werewolves look more like human-wolf hybrids with gigantism. So, yeah, they're just going to look really weird and you're going to know. Werewolves resemble furry humans. I'm just going to say I've got at least one boyfriend or ex-boyfriend that matches that description. Oh my god, he had so much hair. <laughs> 
most likely the result of falsely attributing lycanthropy to humans who suffered from hypertrichosis, which causes excessive growth of body and facial hair. Early stage werewolves look similar to these individuals, although such sightings are extremely rare considering how reclusive they are compared to fully transformed wolfmen. The fact, as previously stated, fully transformed werewolves barely resemble their original human forms, if at all. In fact, they're most often mistaken for bears. Wolves and bears, and oh my, okay. And for our last myth, werewolves feed on human flesh. The source, well, occasionally incidents through history, further exasperated by fear, ignorance, and folklore. Yeah, because, you know, duh, we're dumb. The fact, well, like sharks, bears, and other predators, werewolves usually dislike the taste of human flesh, preferring instead large wildlife like elk and moose, along with plant materials such as berries and herbs. The attacks that do happen to people are mostly for territorial reasons, although it's not uncommon for werewolves to make opportunistic meals of such a kill. And, well, on that note, I'm going to share my absolute favorite quote about the full moon. And I'm sure you guys are going to agree with me because it's pretty awesome. Because, in my defense, the moon was full and I was left unsupervised. And with that, we've come to the end of our episode, and I do thank you for joining me today. I hope that you'll take some time to reach out to me and share your thoughts on what you think happened. Hell, just record yourself howling at the moon. That'll be fine, too. (laughs) You can reach the show at darkenigmapodcast at gmail.com. And hey, if you have suggestions for a future show or you just want to tell me what you think, drop me a line. I do respond to all emails. And with that, my darlings, that is all the time that we have for today. I do thank you so much for joining us here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time. See you, my heathens. See ya. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.